Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. Welcome back. Today I want to make some concluding remarks on predestination. And the first is foremost. When we talk about predestination, we do so because predestination is biblical. The word predestined is in the Bible. For example, here at Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, For those whom God foreknew, God also predestined. Anytime a word is a Bible word, we want to talk about it. We never want to apologize for it or shy away from it. This is especially true for Christian people. At the beginning, I told you this part of our series is specifically suited to believers, already set in the family of God by our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a family conversation, and I hope you have sensed, therefore, that we have dealt cautiously, yet seriously, with what predestination means. Hereon God is, just because a doctrine or teaching is hard to understand, difficult to explain, and is one we really have to think about and wrestle with, that never means we will ignore it. How could we ignore it and just hope it goes away? This is God's eternal truth we are talking about here. You are absolutely free to disagree with what I have said, with my perspective and conclusions. But what you Christians are not free to do is turn away from predestination and pretend it does not exist. It does exist. God predestines. and We must seek to understand what this means. The Bible says it. We believe it. Yes. And what do we believe about it? My prayer is this ongoing conversation between us has been helpful for you. Second, what predestination has taught us is that salvation from sin is grounded in the will and act of God not in the will and acts of men and women. We are totally dependent on God to be saved. If God did not save us, we would not be saved. Our salvation comes from God alone. I believe with all my heart, when this doctrine is understood, we will see the one true and everlasting Lord as being even more beautiful, more majestic and regal, than he has ever been to us before. This will cause us to honor God and to humble ourselves. God is great. He is beyond our wildest dreams and imaginations. Predestination proves it. John the Baptist said that Jesus must increase and he, John, must decrease. God must increase and we must decrease. And this doctrine, understood, sure assists us with decreasing, all while the Lord increases. Third, may this lead us forth in great praise and thanksgiving to God. Are you a Christian? Have you been saved by the Lord's amazing and unmerited grace in your life? Oh, come on, let's praise Him. 
predestination enhances our worship to higher and to deeper places. Listen to Ephesians 1 verses 3 and 4. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Note the first two words there, blessed be. Let's bless God, Father, Son, and Spirit for giving us every spiritual blessing in heaven in Christ. For choosing us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's predestination for making us holy and blameless before him. To bless God is to honor and to praise God. Ephesians 1 verses 6, 12, and 14 adds to the praise of the glory of his grace. Three times this is repeated in this chapter. Once we understand what predestination means for us, then we adore God to the praise of the glory of his grace. Have you found yourself rejoicing, being thankful as we talked about his predestinating mercy in your life? The Apostle Paul breaks out in exaltation towards God when he writes about this doctrine. What is our response? I hope it is the same. Psalm 95, verse 1, O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Well, friends, let this be the theme of our praise. Fourth, my teaching on this doctrine, I certainly hope, has caused you to be moved to pray for people who are not yet saved and to take action to share with them the good news of God's salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Predestination does not negate evangelism. It establishes why God commands that we go out into all the world and tell people about Jesus. As God ordains who is saved, so also he ordains the means by which people are saved, and that is through our proclamation of the gospel. Please do not interpret God, predetermining who is saved from before the foundation of the world as meaning we do nothing. We have been given this joyful, and yes, sometimes hard, responsibility to evangelize this sin-sick culture in which we live. Jesus puts it this way, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let us do what our Lord and Master commands us to do. Romans chapter 10, verse 15, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. What do our feet look like? I am making some concluding comments on predestination, and here's the fifth. There are questions that predestination raises that we do not have time to tackle. 
The one question I did choose to deal with was double predestination. I did so because that is a very popular question and answer that needs to be carefully understood. But that is not the only question. Here are some others. Can we know that we are saved? Can we lose our salvation? Is predestination fatalism? What does the Bible mean when it says, 2 Peter 3 verse 9, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. How does predestination square with God not wanting anyone to perish? And did Jesus Christ die for everyone? Plus other questions. Perhaps you have questions similar to or different from these, and you hoped I would deal with them. Well, I am in a bit of a pickle. Our time is limited, and we live in a day and age in which your attention span is limited. I think very limited. It is likely we lost some listeners along the way as it is. So I have had to discern what to put in and what to leave out. However, if you have a burning question and or comment, write to me, will you? I pray more of you will take advantage of my email and the post office and drop me a quick note. Give me your feedback, mark at godisministry.org. That's M-A-R-K at godisministry.org. Or send your letter to God Is, P.O. Box 802, Winchester, Massachusetts, 01890. And why delay? Write today. And my last comment is this question. Why has God predestined his people? For what purpose? Oh, you say, for heaven. I see your point. I agree with you on that. But predestination is not merely a ticket to heaven. God predestines, according to Romans 8, verse 29, so that we would become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Or in the words of Ephesians 1, verses 4 and 5, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. We have to take all of this together. There is a significant purpose in the here and now, in this life on this earth, for why we Christians have been predestined to be saved. Conformity to the image of Christ to be holy and blameless before God, to be adopted as sons and daughters of God through Christ. I want to speak with you about what this means, especially the remainder of Romans 8, verse 29. (laughs) Yes, all of what has been said about predestination was said because of Romans 8, 29. So to this verse, our foundational text, we will return tomorrow. Let's commit everything we have learned to God. Our Heavenly Father, we exalt you, praise you, and give you thanks for all you have done for us, poor and undeserving sinners. 
If you did not have mercy and compassion on us, we would fall under your divine and justified wrath for our sins. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy and compassion. Amen. Join us tomorrow, and please do so, because God is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others, and be sure and join me for the next one.